Welcome to Steel City Church. We are all about connecting people to a loving God by sharing life together as we love Jesus and love all. We hope with this message you will have a better understanding of who Jesus is and what he did for you on the cross as we dig deeper into his word. Enjoy today's message. Hey, good morning, everybody. Good to see everybody in, in town, uh, in church this morning. And it's great to be in person, right? Because this is what the body of Christ is all about as we worship together. The Bible says, do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together. So in order that we might stir one another, spur one another to love and good deeds, good works, right? So we're here to spur one another on. You feel like spurring today? Not sparring, but spurring. Amen? Right? Ah, yeah. Everybody look around. Human beings are gathered for church in Jesus' name. Amen? We're, uh, we're grateful that you are here. And, um, yeah, to worship God. He is the way maker, isn't he? Yes. Even before time began, Jesus knew his plan to come and rescue us, bring us out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his light, bring us out of the sorrow of sin, shame, condemnation, and guilt into this wonderful relationship of reconciliation with God, adoption, forgiveness, pardon, acceptance. We are the beloved. We are sons and daughters of God today. Doesn't that encourage you? If you've accepted Christ as your Savior, turned from your sin, repented of your sin, and confessed your sin before, before him, and you realize that there is no other way but Christ Jesus, no other name given among men under heaven, whereby we must be saved, but the wonderful name of Jesus. We're not, we're not uh, people that kind of keep people out. We're, we're willing to have people come in, amen? amen? Jesus Christ said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. Was he being, uh, you know, kind of inclusive? No, he was saying to the whole world, here I come as a lamb slaughtered before the world. Take away the sin of the world. So, brothers and sisters in Christ, rest assured today, when God looks at you, you are righteousness in the sight of God. Amen? Amen. He declares you righteous today because of what he, he has done. He did not die in vain, people. When he died, he said, it is finished. My work has been accomplished. And as our great high priest, he's seated now, at the right hand of God, seated, his job is done as Savior. Now he is our interceder. He's praying for you today that you will make it, that you'll persevere, that you'll get to know him in a, in a great and mighty way. And that's our, that's our quest today, is that we get to know Christ, right? What else is there? Be a religious person on the external side, so everybody can say, Oh, what a religious person, but not have transformation of, of heart and not have this wonderful relationship of love before God. I messed with the worship leader's songbook. Don't ever do that. That's bad. That is bad. Yes. Cool. Hey, we are, go figure, in the book of Ephesians still. 
And if you want to turn over there to Ephesians, we are going to read from verse chapter 1, verse 15, <clears throat> and then we're going to end at just verse 18 today. Ephesians chapter 1, 15 to verse 18. For this reason, because I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love toward all the saints, I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you a spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him, having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you, and the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints. There's a comma there, so let's just keep reading. And what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe, according to the working of his great might, that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead, seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. And he put all things under his feet, gave him as head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. I'm a person that loves the, uh, the Marvel movies. Don't you love them? All the superheroes. You know, you, you watch those movies and you vicariously live as the hero with superpowers. And uh, it's just fantastic. I love them. But what happens when we read the word of God, sometimes we read it like a Marvel movie. And we look at these people in scripture like some form of superheroes. Like they're the super elite spiritual people that we can never ever muster up to. We can never ever measure up to. And when you think of it, guys, when we read these stories in scripture, these, these are real people, authentic human beings that lived for Christ thousands and thousands of years ago. This, uh, this particular book uh, was written while, while Paul was in prison in Rome. This was before Paul's letters to, to Timothy, who ministered there. <clears throat> but after Paul's own ministry there, Paul was there. In Acts chapter 18, we see Paul's initial brief visit. He ministered in the synagogue, met Aquila and Priscilla, were left there. Apollos was there. And uh, they strengthened his ministry. Acts 19, Paul spent three years there. His ministry being accompanied by special miracles, victory over de demonic forces. How many know that uh, Ephesus was a hub of the occult? Demonic forces, satanic work. There were over 50 temples to uh, pagan gods. One big, huge temple the Temple of Diana, which could actually house, facilitate 50,000 people. This was a big deal in Ephesus. When Paul came and ministered there through the power of the Holy Spirit, brought the word of God. How many know that the Holy Spirit can break the chains of the enemy? Amen? And set people free. That's what the Holy Spirit does. He, he breaks into people's lives, rips out the bondage rips out the brokenness, rips out the addiction, rips out the sin, places 
himself by the power of the Holy Spirit into people, and people are changed. The evidence was that a lot of these normal folks had occult books that they would read and charms and magic and and cantonations, cantonations, the, the cantonations, the, the, the things that they said to evil gods. And when the power of the Holy Spirit came, they were like, yeah, that's the real power, the power of God. And what they did was they had bomb, big, huge bonfires where they brought these books. They brought their gods. They actually brought... Um, they, they brought their, their temp, little statutes of the uh, God of uh, Diana, and they threw it into this bonfire, and they burned everything to the glory of God, like a sweet fragrance up into the nostrils of God. Amen? Freedom and deliverance and healing. This is what the gospel is all about. When you take away people's livelihood, the big, big business, making idols, People get upset when you start taking their spondulics, okay? And this is what was happening in, in, in Ephesians. Acts chapter 20 speaks about <clears throat> Paul met with the elders from Ephesus. Later we see in Revelation that um, John wrote and wrote to them and said that you are devoted to doctrine and teaching, but you have divorced yourself from loving devotion and passionate commitment to Christ and your love. Love, love wanes, doesn't it? Love fades. And then we get into this religious stuff where the passion and the joy and the love of intimate relationship with God kind of ceases, and we're dry, we're crusty, we're cranky, and it's just bad. In Ephesians chapter 3, we read Paul's prayer there that says, I, I want you to know the breadth, length, width, depth of God's love for you. We all need love. Isn't it true? I think the one thing every human being needs is the the, the acceptance of love, somebody to love you, and the ability and capacity to love back. What sin does is it breaks that, that capacity, that vulnerability to love. See, we were, we were created to love, guys. We were created to pour out. Isn't it great when you, when you pour out your love to people, when you receive love? There's a couple in this place right now that are just engaged in this new, fresh love and we love it, don't we? We love it. Yes. Love. <clears throat> I love how Barry Wayne, love, you know? Everybody say love. 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 Guys, your love for your husband, for your wife, for your children isn't something that you mustered up. We were created in the image of God. But sin has tainted that. Can you believe and can you imagine without sin what love would be. 1 Corinthians 13 says, love is patient, love is kind. Love never fails, it never gives up. Love never calculates, love always takes risks. It places itself out there to be vulnerable because that's what love does. 
And that's what love is. We've seen the vulnerability of love when we look at Christ on the cross. Came as a little baby, vulnerable to us. Lived a sinless life. Healed, ministered, delivered. Was misunderstood, misrepresented. And in the Garden of Gethsemane, his three best friends couldn't even pray with him for one hour. They fell asleep. Do you have friends like that, guys? Jesus said, can you not, you idiots, can you not just pray with me for one hour? But in that garden, Jesus said, Lord, if this cup could pass from me, yeah, that would be cool. But nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. Amen? Every believer in Christ has to have a garden of Gethsemane moment where you say, God, not my will, but your will be done. Have you been there yet? Have you come to Christ and said, Lord, not my will? Like John the Baptist said, I must decrease, but he must increase, right? It's a beautiful, beautiful thing. So we look at, we look at Paul and we might think that he is this super spiritual dude. Um, and he was. But he understood what religion and the outward external things mean without a transformation of the heart. He was the dude. He was the guy. Galatians tells us that he was up and coming on the, on, the, on the successful path politically and religiously to be an, a giant in the political and religious world. He had success. He had the background. He had the status. He was born into the right family, born into the right tribe on paper. He was ready for worldly success, worldly fame, worldly popularity, worldly wonder and have everybody praise him and look up to him. Until one day on the road to Damascus, it all changed. Amen? And Jesus said, Paul, Paul, what are you doing? And in that moment, he got to meet God for the first time. Isn't that something? Changed his life. The reason Paul... Paul's prayers are fantastic is because his, his, his foundational prayer for every person is this, that every person wouldn't be engaged in the spirit of wisdom and revelation of the knowledge of Jesus Christ, just like Paul had on the road to Damascus. He knew about religion. He knew about external deeds. He knew about all that success and all that stuff that the world throws at you. But yet he says in his epistles, I count all that, that on paper was wonderful. I count that as dung compared to the excellency of knowing Jesus Christ. Knowing Jesus Christ. Spirit of wisdom. How many need wisdom? How many have done stupid things in your life <laughs> and you wondered how in the world did I come up with that decision? What was I thinking? As I said that, I recall my mother saying that many, many times. 
What were you thinking? <sighs> Spirit of wisdom is this idea of taking what you know and applying it to your life so that it changes your attitude, changes your affections, changes your behavior. Wisdom. Wisdom, wisdom, wisdom. A spirit of wisdom. It's a spiritual wisdom that comes by knowing Jesus Christ. In Scripture, he's known as our wisdom, as our righteousness, as our sanctification. He is everything, and he fills everything in every way. He's our all in all. Without Jesus, we are lost. Amen? Without Jesus, I would turn and go right to that bar and start drinking. Without Jesus. He's our savior. He's our rescuer. He's, he's everything. And Paul is, is speaking to the Ephesians, Ephesians church and saying, guys, don't miss out. Don't miss out. Don't spend your life not knowing Christ, knowing him and loving him intimately, personally. You know, when, you, when, we, when we talk like this to the world, they look at you like, you are crazy. But see, this was the normal thing, guys. We were created. Adam and Eve created to have this fellowship, to have this intimacy with God. The Bible says that God walked with Adam and Eve in the garden. Intimately, personally. I believe it was Jesus that walked with him. He's the representation. The visible representation of the invisible God, right? All through scripture we see Jesus. Pre-incarnate appearances in the Old Testament of desiring to draw people Back to God, draw people back to God, draw people back to God. And then he came as the Lamb of God, slain before the foundation of the, of the, of the world to bring our salvation. What a, what a great God we serve, amen? What a great God we serve. Friends, my fear is that there are Christians that get to heaven and have this horrific realization that they do not know Christ. They know religion. They know creeds. They know doctrines. They've lived a good life, but they don't know Jesus Christ. This is what Steel City Church is all about, guys. We're not, a, we're not ashamed of it. We're not embarrassed by it. We want to lift up Jesus Christ. Jesus said, if I be lifted up, I'll, I'll draw all men unto me. Amen. So it's this awesome uh, prayer that Paul has for, for uh, people. Foundational prayer. That they would have a spirit of wisdom to apply the knowledge of God that's in your heart to your life. Your, your speaking, your living, your behavior, how you act. God changes us from the inside out. Amen? And then this, uh, this idea of revelation. You ever go to an art gallery for revealing? I haven't, and I probably could care less. But if it's, a, if it's a very important piece of art, it would be fantastic. But what they do is they have a tarp over it, and then they go up and say, Are you ready? Whoosh! And there it is, the revealing, right? The Bible says that the natural man cannot understand, or it cannot be revealed to him, 
the truths of God, God's word. It's spiritually discerned and it's spiritually given. So what happens to the tarp over our heart and over our, our eyes, the Holy Spirit comes through the power of the word of God and he rips down the veil, the blindness, and the hardness, and he says, whoosh, and there he is. In all of his wonder, we begin to see who Christ is. Amen. And it thrills our soul. And this is what happened to Paul. Thrilled his soul. Spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of Christ. That's all that he was, that's all that he was about. He said, I preach Christ and him crucified. I want to know him. The power of his resurrection. That same power, the Bible says, that raised Christ Jesus from the dead now dwells in you as a believer. How is the power of God, the resurrection power of God in your life today, changing you, transforming you, amen? Making you a better person, making you a bigger person, making you a godly person, making you more like Jesus. In the knowledge of him. Paul, we see here, gives two... two uh, Areas of thanks. Number one, he thanks God for his blessings. Amen. Have you ever sat down and really counted your blessings? Remember that old song? Count your blessings, name them one by one. Count your many blessings, see what God has done. If you ever sat down and wrote out your blessings, you would begin to feel the presence of God and feel the spirit of God come over you. Bible says in Romans chapter 1, that people have a darkened understanding and they become futile in their thinking. And we see that in our culture today. Darkness and futility of thinking because they do not thank God for being God and they do not give him honor. And that's what happens when we, when we dishonor God and do not give him thanks. So we, 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 we bless him. Paul opened up this letter We've read it before in, in, in verses 3 to 14. It talks about the wonder of the work of Christ, the work of the Father, the work of Christ, and the work of the Holy Spirit in our hearts and lives. He called us. He predestined us. He's adopted us. He's redeemed us. He's forgiven us. He's lavished upon us all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will which is knowing Christ. It's awesome. Awesome, awesome, awesome. As Jamie says, awesome sauce. Amen. God's blessings. How many know that thankfulness is not a natural response of man? We work hard at teaching our children to demonstrate gratitude, right? And to give thanks. Um, not be self-centered. Thinking that the world revolves around them. Okay? No, I'm just kidding. Uh, kids normally, as they grow, their first words are, are no and mine. Right? It's not please, may I, or thank you very much. It's no and it's mine. They have to first learn that the world doesn't revolve around them. They can't get they, what they want without proper manners. We learn that as we grow up. Thanksgiving 
looks back in time to what God has done. Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is thanking him for what he's done. Praise is adoring him for who he is, his character and his nature as revealed in the word of God. Worship is this offering because of thanks and praise, this offering of ourselves to the only one Lord and the only one master who is Christ Jesus, an offering of our lives to God. And it's, it, is, it is beautiful. So God's blessings, we give thanks and we give praise. Secondly, Paul here uh, is thankful for God's people. How many are thankful for God's people? Amen. Amen. God's people. Paul says, having heard of the faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, which exists among you, that you have toward all the saints, great cause for thanksgiving. It had been uh, four or five years since Paul had been among them, and he was writing this, this Ephesians in Rome, in prison. He was concerned about what may have occurred during his absence. And he says in Acts chapter 20 to the Ephesians, Be on guard for yourselves and for all the flock among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to shepherd the church of God, which he purchased with his own blood. I know that after my departure, savage wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. And from among your own selves, men will arise, speaking perverse things to draw away the disciples after them. We see this in our culture, in our world today, don't we? The people that preach and teach things that tickle your ears and are really, really comfortable and convenient for you to believe and make you feel real, real good. But it is real, real wrong and untruthful. And it's error and it's demonic. We got to be careful, guys, to stand on the word of God as a people of God. Paul always had concern for the churches. Concern about people's professions of faith. In Galatians 4, Paul deals with those that were trying to add works of the law to their salvation. Okay, guys. Just think about this. If you want to become a member of this church, if you're not circumcised, you have to get circumcised, okay? You, you just got to do it. Uh, this is what the Galatian church was offering to people that just accepted the Lord. Our salvation is based on faith and faith alone in the risen Savior and Lord. Amen? Amen. Praise God. Yes. We don't have to scar or... Or cut our body to be a son and child, a son and daughter of God. Good, 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 good news. Paul loved their faith. Faith is, is simple. Here it is. Romans chapter 10, 9 and 10. If you confess with your mouth Jesus as Lord, believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. For with the heart man believes, resulting in righteousness, and with the mouth he confesses, resulting in salvation. Yes, the declaration of faith in Jesus Christ. Do you believe in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior today as the only way that breaches the gap between man's sin and God's holiness is Jesus Christ, and we thank him for it. We love him for it. Then, they, then he thanked them for their love. Love is a wonderful and awesome and beautiful thing. Love in the body of church 
in the church body uh, operates as submission. We submit ourselves to one another out of reverence for Christ, don't we? So I might be free to do things, but it might offend another brother or sister. Out of love, I have that freedom to do what I ought to do and not to do what I want to do, right? The world just wants to do what they want to do, come hell or high water, get out of my way, these are my feelings, I'm going to do what I want to do. As a, as a believer in Jesus Christ, we're free to do what we ought to do, to honor one another, to prefer one another, to lift one another up. Isn't it a beautiful thing to live in the submission of Jesus Christ and to be free from being offended because of God's love in your heart? Amen? How many are triggered this morning? Are you triggered this morning? Too bad. Okay? God loves you. God loves you. God's love is awesome. Paul, thank God for the love of the Ephesians and their faith in Jesus Christ. In the mid-'80s, I worked for Lufthansa German Airlines in the mailroom, and uh, I had the privilege of, for two weeks, chauffeuring the president of Lufthansa German Airlines, North and Central America, around to business things, and uh, I'd have to take him at night into Manhattan, and he'd go to a restaurant, and I'd just sit in the car like this, you know, waiting for him. <laughs> um, I had a friend in Manhattan, so I would go see him. Um, but this was an awesome, awesome thing. I'd have to go to Sands Point, Long Island, pick him up, take him wherever, wherever he, uh, he, he wanted to go. I was um, with him, but I didn't really know him. Germans, they don't talk much. I, I'm just saying, you know what I mean? They, they kind of just take me to... The airport. Yes, sir. Wing when we go, you know. Take me to the Italian restaurant on 5th Street. Yes, sir. Bing. I was with him, but I didn't really know him. In the 80s also, I was privileged to take the president of Lufthansa German Airlines to Forbes' 75th birthday party out in New Jersey. Beautiful, beautiful mansion. Um, there were hundreds of people there. There was helicopters all over the place. There were hundreds of chauffeurs. In fact, they had the biggest tent I've ever seen for dinner for the, for the chauffeurs. And the party, and Mr. Forbes was across the way. You could see the lights, you could hear the party. So what I did was, I'm not hanging out here with these lowly pond scum chauffeurs. I'm going to the party. So I'm walking through the woods in the dark, and then all of a sudden I hear, sir, turn around and go back to the tent. And I said, yes, okay. So I went back to the tent. I could say I was actually in on the property of the residence of Forbes. But I don't know him. Listen, how many believers could say that they've been in the house of God, but they do not know God? They do not know God. They know where God's house is, but they don't know God intimately and passionately. Paul wanted every believer to understand this, that his foundational prayer is basically just this. 
that you would know Christ? Is that your call? Is that your quest today? To know Christ. To do whatever you, whatever it takes. To know him and to love him with all of your heart and all of the passion that you have. You notice Paul's in prison here, and he doesn't pray that God would set him free. He doesn't say, you know what, I'm an apostle. I shouldn't be in these chains. He didn't really offer prayer for himself other than to be delivered so that he could preach the gospel. And I, I said to myself, that is awesome. He had, a, he had a realization that wherever he was placed, God was moving. From whatever circumstance or situation, God's will would be done through his life. And that means that the enemy has no power or control over your life in your situation and circumstance today. Doesn't that, isn't that good news? Whatever you think is going wrong, God says everything's good and he's got you. Every situation and circumstance we're in, it's so that we get to know Christ. He wants to move us towards knowing him. And he'll engineer people. He'll engineer circumstances. He'll engineer high water and even hell itself that you would know Christ and be pushed towards knowing him and realizing him and loving him today. Our prayers. God, you know what I want. And you need to do it right now. This is what I want. Me, 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 me. Mine, 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 mine. Right? And we pray, we pray with the wrong motive because we don't have God's intentions and God's desires in mind. Jesus said, if you pray according to my will in my name, it shall be done unto you. Amen? Let's pray prayers that God, God's praying. Let's desire things that God desires. If you're anxious, you know what? Go to the Lord in prayer. Amen? Don't call me. Okay? Don't call me. Go to the Lord in prayer. Do not be anxious for anything. But by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, making your requests known to God. And the peace of God shall mount guard over your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. You don't want the peace that I can give. You, you want the peace that Christ can give. Amen? And as believers in this last day, we need to stand alone. We need to be able to seek the heart of God, be ministered by the heart of God, get on our knees in the heart of God. In the prison cell in Rome, Paul did not consider himself and his situation. He considered the uh, mission and the vision of God that every soul would come to know Christ. Isn't that freeing today? Amen? If you're in a situation and circumstance that you want to get out, go, go to God and say, God, what, what, do you, what do you want me to see with enlightened eyes of my heart concerning the kingdom of God in this situation? Because maybe God wants to use something, Right? Warren Wearsby tells the story in his commentary of William Randolph Hearst. How many have ever, ever heard of William Randolph Hearst? Wasn't it his daughter that kind of went <whistles> a little wacky? He built uh, Hearst Castle in San Simeon, California. 
Turns out that Mr. Hurst, who was an avid art collector, once read a description of some valuable pieces that he decided he wanted for his collection. And because of his resources, because of his money, he didn't count the cost. He sent his agents looking for the pieces of art. And after months abroad in searching, the agents returned and reported that, he had, that they had found the items Mr. Hurst wanted. And guess where they were? They were in Mr. Hurst's warehouse. <laughs> Hurst had spent thousands of dollars, spent months searching for something he already owned. If he had read the catalog of his treasures, first he could have saved himself a lot of time and money. Friends, we search the world for things that we feel we want and we need. And a thing that we need and we want right in the warehouse of our heart, and that's Christ and Christ alone. Let's bow for a word of prayer. Lord, we love you. These, uh, these times we live in, there is an urgency, God, to know you. Whom to know is life eternal. God, you said in your word that there'll be, there'll be many that say that they preached the gospel, that said that they healed, that they gave millions of dollars, and then when they get to you, you say to them, they say, Lord, Lord, and you say to them, who are you? I don't, I don't know you. God, for every believer in this place, make it a quest to know God. Be assured of our salvation. Realize the love that God has for us. And to realize that we have a purpose and a plan and a mission that was registered in heaven before time began of good works, of ministry, of service for you and you alone. So God, we're not crazy. The world is crazy. Our culture has this sense of a form of godliness, but lacking the power thereof. Our culture is always learning, but never coming to a knowledge of the truth. God, we pray for your power and your truth today. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you want to join us in person on Sunday morning, we'll be meeting at the Matthew Glab Post, 1965 Abbott Road, Lackawanna, New York. Or you can watch our live stream on Facebook at 10 a.m. If you have any questions or would like to get involved, you can contact us at info at steelcitychurchla.com or fill out an online connection card on Facebook. See you next time.